fantasy news, fantasy updates, fantasy clowning. We doing it all the time, baby. Champ and chump, fantasy dump. I'm your host, Chump. <laughs> the champ's here. I'm with my boy, Champ. We call him Commiss Tommy B. Forfeiting a season to get picks for the next year? Is it worth it? I mean, he's a nut job and a half, man. <laughs> Damn, boy. Champ and Chump, fancy dumb. All right, folks, we got another episode of the Champ and the Chump, minus the Chump this week. My man had his first child with his wife, so congratulations to him and his family. We got a sub here, though. We got an alternate coming in. It's my man, Joey P. What's good with you, Joe? What's going on? Good to be a part of this. Yeah, congratulations to Coop and Katie. Very happy for them. They had a, a child a couple days ago. But yeah, no, I'm here to sub in. Unfortunately, I'm not the chump. I'm actually, according to the power rankings, number two behind, you know, Tommy B himself. But I'll try to fill in and, you know, provide some insight as I can. Yeah, we appreciate you being here, filling in for Coop this week. Uh, like Joe said, you know, he's got some he's got some second place under his belt, a couple third places. You know, he's been working hard, so he's got some good insight. Hopefully, we can get you guys a W this week. Yeah, that'd be ideal, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so, we're just going to start off like we normally do with, uh, with some surprises from either last week or beginning of the season, whatnot. So, you want to start us off here, Joe? Yeah, so I guess just talking about specifically last week, week five in the NFL, and if we're talking about surprises, I think the one surprise that is on everybody's top of the list has to be the Miami Dolphins going into San Francisco and just thrashing them. I mean, what's, what is uh, San Francisco known for? They're known for not only rushing the ball, but their defense. However, Fitzmagic just terrorized that defense through uh, 350 yards, three touchdowns, and then on top of that, Miami had more sacks, five in comparison to two, more fumbled recoveries, as well as more interceptions. And I know that Jimmy G was coming off an injury, just came back. They also brought back Mostert, who seemed to look pretty explosive in his first game back. But I would say if I'm looking at the week five totals as far as the games, biggest surprises, Dolphins thrashing 43-17 to over the San Francisco at San Francisco. Oh yeah, man. They uh they put work in them early too. They were up thirty to seven at halftime. Like oh, it was over quick. It was over quick. Miami uh they're looking not too bad. You know they made some improvements to that defense and it's paying off. They got a better secondary. They uh, reworked that old line a little bit and Fitz Magic. He's playing well. He's holding off Tua. So we might not even get to see Tua this year at this rate. I mean, I hear yeah, but <clears throat> good quote that I heard the other day is what well, he's either Fitch magic or Fitz tragic. I mean, I think things <laughs> can go things can go the other way pretty quickly. But you're right. What Byron Jones, I believe, is the cornerback that they acquired this past season. He was hurt a yep. couple of games, but no, he's doing well for him. Um, and no, I think I just really attribute this game. It was just surprising. 49ers are zero and three at home. I think COVID. And not having as many fans, that hurts a lot of teams, but seems like the 49ers in particular. Another big surprise, if we're talking about surprises, in particular with the Miami Dolphins, is Miles is Gaskin being the lead back and them healthy scratching uh, Jordan Howard. Like, yeah. they acquire my man and then they healthy scratch him and Miles Gaskin is the lead back. That's what surprised me. What surprised you? 
It's uh, Jonathan Taylor not being a workhorse running back. It's kind of – it's week five, but it's a little bit before that. We saw Mac go down week one with that Achilles injury, and everyone was hopping on the, the JT train saying he's going to be top five back now. He's going to get all the carries and stuff. Well, he's only had a 49% snap share this season. You know, he's not getting – he's getting the carries. He got 17 carries a game since week two, but only seven targets since week two, you know. And he saw six of targets in week one. So we, we had these high hopes for Jonathan Taylor, but I don't know if he's just coming along slow or they don't trust him in the passing game yet or whatnot. But Hines and Wilkins are just getting a lot more work than I thought that JT would get after that injury. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor's good, and I think he's deserving of probably a little bit more playing time. But another interesting fact while I was watching uh, NFL Network, and, and it might not be 100% accurate, I apologize. However, it was something along the lines of, they have not won a game with Phillip Rivers throwing over 30 times in this past game. He threw for 33 attempts. Um, however, they're undefeated when he throws under 30 attempts and they rush it more. So, I mean, they do want to get the, the ground game working and they have a great offensive line. However, I, I just don't think Jonathan Taylor, in all honesty, is, is as good as a lot of people are just trying to hype him up to be. I mean, he gets a good push from the offensive line. Um, just not that explosive, in all honesty. He just looks like another guy out there right now. He's not really showing that, that big playability that he was doing at Wisconsin where he's breaking those big runs. We just haven't seen those yet. So maybe maybe you can get it going here after, you know, getting those quote-unquote preseason games under his belt now. They've got some games. But, yeah, right now it's just I was expecting a lot more from JT and just not even playing 50% of the snaps right now. They got to get, either get more work or just, you know, figure something else out. Yeah, I mean, he's got a good matchup this upcoming week against the Bengals at home. And I think uh, Phillip Rivers is actually going to turn around. I mean, he's old, and he's one of those guys when you try to doubt him a little bit, I feel like he's going to turn things around. So I think the offense will be a little more smooth. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, when he's not – I mean, he's not playing a huge amount of snap percentage, but you do make a good point. I mean, he he's getting – He's getting the majority of the workload in regards to rushing the football, and he's getting a couple pass catches out of the back. But I, I, I would still keep him. I don't know if I would try to sell him quite yet. Like if I'm a buy low candidate, like we'll talk yeah. a little bit later. He's not. He wasn't the guy that I was talking about, but he is a guy that I think is is good to target right now because their O line is so good. Philip Rivers is good enough to keep that offense moving, and he is the undoubted lead rushing back over there. I'm with you. I'm with you. So we do have some breaking news here. Okay. Hit me with it. Peeking at my phone, but Le'Veon Bell is expected to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, no. Oh, this is a great time to be on the oh, podcast. Man. Wow. It's hitting right. I was looking at it right before we hopped on, and I was saying, what, between the Chiefs and Dolphins, and it's like the Dolphins, they, they already got three good backs where I know the Chiefs have Daryl Williams and they have Darwin Thompson. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, uh, CEH, Clyde Edwards, is, is dominating a majority of everything, snaps, rushes, as well as targets. Wow. That's going to be a mean one-two punch combo. I feel bad for those who invested very heavily into yes, CEH. I mean, I mean, he's gonna, he's definitely gonna hit a decline a little bit. And, and really, what it's gonna hit is, I think, the goal line carries because we've seen he's super effective, not only catching the ball but in, in between the twenties. I mean, he can run hard, he can catch it well. Except when he gets down near the goal line, he just sort of. He's not scoring. He's not converting. He's not scoring. He's not converting them, and they're giving him a lot of opportunities. So mm -hmm. I can foresee 
Le'Veon Bell taking those touches, which is, you know, if you got Le'Veon Bell right now, I think, uh, I think you're jumping for joy. Yeah, stock just went up for Le'Veon going from the, oh, man. the shitty Jets to the, the Chiefs here. Super Bowl contenders, they said that was kind of the deciding factor because I think the Dolphins were just trying to throw money at him. And, and that's where he trains or something in the offseason. So he was kind of about that, but he just wanted to go and get a title or a shot at a title, it says. So that's why he picked the Chiefs. But I hear you, man. Uh, Clyde edwards Lair owners, I'm one of them in, in a couple leagues. Um, I'll be interested to see what type of deal it is that he got, whether if it's a one-year or two-year or something like that, especially for like a dynasty or a keeper league that you, if you have Clyde edwards Lair, might not affect next year, but it's definitely going to affect this year with that, that passing down work, the, just the running and the goal line, like you said. man. I think Le'Veon will come in and get some goal line carries, take him away from edwards Lair. Yeah, because Le'Veon is a little bigger, mm-hmm. a little tougher. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you got a dynasty, obviously, you're, you're still holding on to him. It's it's just the, the you know, year-to-year drafts that, you know, you invest the first-round draft pick because I do think – I think he's going to get a lot of touches still, but mm-hmm. it's going to remind me a little bit of what, what last year, right, where everybody – well, LaShawn McCoy, I'm blanking on the, the lead back that was over there. Damian Williams. Damian Williams, who opted out this year. Yeah, so they were all getting, like, roughly 8 to 12 touches a game. I could see, I could see something like that happening again. I think it definitely be, it'll be split up, but I don't I don't see one I don't see Bell or Edwards Lair going away. I think it's going to be a one-two punch, and they're both yeah. going to be usable. It's just it'll probably come down to who gets that touchdown that week, who's going to be the the leader in fantasy. Yeah, I really because in all honesty, I mean, I think Clyde Edwards is probably more explosive and better. I mean, I know Le'Veon is mm-hmm. has probably point. the, the yeah Le'Veon has the accolades in the past, but. What and he's been in a bad offense, so granted all that, but he's like number thirty-one out of number thirty-three in qualified running backs as far as yards per carry. And I get, I, I get it. He's with the Jets, bad offense, obviously an upgrade. Even though the offensive line isn't fantastic over there at Kansas City, but the offense in general, you got to worry about Tyreek, you got to worry about mm-hmm. Patty, you got to worry about Kelsey. So yeah, yeah, I mean, wow, wow. just another I, weapon for Mahomes to work with, and he can catch it. I mean, he might he might tear into Clyde Edwards, like because that's another thing. Clyde Edwards is getting a lot of passing words, which is saving him. But Le'Veon, yeah. that's probably Le'Veon's best attribute, in all honesty, is being able to catch the football not only out of the backfield, but he'll line up in the slot or out wide. Yeah, I can see Andy Reid getting very creative, kind of like uh, when he had Michael McCoy back in Philly. He was using him all over the place. And Le'Veon and McCoy, like in their primes and stuff, were kind of the same player. They're that shifty, you know, elusive back. So Man, and not to shout out, but in our league, this dude named Court drafted Le'Veon super early. And, yeah, I'm kidding mm-hmm. it on my phone right now. But uh, he drafted him super early, and this dude is awful at trading. So next thing you know, he's going to want to offer uh, Le'Veon Bell for – Aaron Jones. So, hey. yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that's good stock for Le'Veon Bell and those who are owning Le'Veon. No doubt about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's get back to just the regular news going on. Uh, we had another injury this week. Devastating one. Guy out for the season. That's Dak Prescott. Yeah, um, that's tough. It was, it was a fractured and dislocated ankle. It's tough yeah. to see. Tough to watch. Yeah. What you think about the offense moving forward? You think Andy Dalton is going to keep it moving? Do you think you downgrading anyone or upgrade anybody? What you think? Yeah, yeah. So good question. Um, first off, I want to say you know I feel bad for Dak and prayers go out to Dak. I think he's a great dude. I mean, he's coming in and he should be asking for more money and they should be paying him. But he said, you know, regardless, I'm going to come in and ball. And you can admire somebody who always invests in themselves. It's just super unfortunate that he got hurt because it seems like from everything that I hear about him, 
is he's nothing but a stand-up dude. But in regards to the offenses, it, it's going to affect the offense. And unfortunately, it's going to hurt everybody outside of Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, Zeke's always going to get his touches no matter what. And Andy Dalton is uh, a good enough quarterback. I mean, he led uh, Cincinnati for a long period of time. He's a good player, however – I mean, Dak's leading the league currently in yards per game passing. So I would say downgrade to all of the wide receivers, Amari, Michael Gallup, as well as C.D. Schultz, obviously. But um, Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator. He's still going to be smart with his play con. He's going to come with some unexpected plays. I don't foresee Ezekiel getting more work because Ezekiel's already getting a lot of work as it is. Mm-hmm. I just think the offense will just be dialed back. It'll still be a good offense. Don't get me wrong, but, I mean, right now in 2020, Dallas Cowboys are leading in yards per game at 480-plus yards per game. They're leading passing yards per game at 380-plus passing yards per game. And they're only averaging 100-plus rushing yards per game, and they're averaging 32 points. I mean, right now their offense is clicking. Offense isn't their issue, and a lot of it is attributed to Dak tossing it around. The only thing that I could foresee is maybe Andy Dalton keying in on one person, so – Right. Hard to tell who that is. Maybe Amari, maybe Gallup, maybe CD. But as far as spreading it the way that Dak was to make them all fantasy relevant, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm not really downgrading much. I think those skill players are still – I think Dalton's probably one of the better backups in the league. I mean, he was a starter just last year. And he's just getting a little – I mean, he's 32, so he's just getting a little older. Maybe the arm strength isn't quite there as much. But he's still, you know, he's a veteran. He's played in this league for, what, nine years now? I think this is ninth or tenth year. Haven't been good, though. Haven't. I mean, he's been good, but the team, you know what I'm saying, team hasn't been great. Right. That's what I was looking at is, like, his weapons at Cincinnati. Like, I mean, he's had A.J. Green. Him and A.J. Green had a great connection. But other than A.J. Green, you know, he had Mixon for, like, a couple years – when he was there, and then it was like guys like Marvin Jones or Muhammad Sanu, Tyler Eifert. That's uh, fair. TJ, who's your mama? Like, guys, <laughs> Who, who's your mama? Is that who's what you said? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, he's never really, he's always been, I think, what was it? Over his nine seasons, he's averaged a QB 16 finish. And he had one year that he was a QB four. And that was like his third oh, year wow. in the league. So, Those are hey, good stats. Yeah, so I mean he's he's capable, but he's nothing special. I think the perception is like you said, where Zeke's gonna be more involved a little bit, but I just don't think the defense can hold up for that. I think the reason they're throwing so much because this defense is so bad that they just have to throw the ball to keep up with the other team because their defense can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, thirty-two points a game. I, oh, they're not leading the league. Uh, Green Bay's leading the league in that as points per game, but thirty-two points a game. I mean. That's balling. And right now, I know it was me in fantasy for a little while until I made a trade. But, shoot, I mean, I drafted Carson Wentz, and I picked up Gardner Minshew, who's not awful. But, I mean, right now, if you're struggling at quarterback right now in fantasy, I, I would probably go pick up Andy Dalton. But, I mean, he's going to – and he's got a lot of weapons over there. And I think he's going to be – I, I like Kellen more as an offensive coordinator as well. I think he it makes unexpected play calls. I think he's fairly creative and – if I was needing a quarterback, I would go scoop up Andy Dalton. Yeah, I think he's got some potential to put up some good numbers. I mean, it's, no question, he's got the great weapons. It's just that defense. I mean, they're going to keep him throwing it. The, I mean, the they gave up thirty four points to the Giants last week. Yeah, who was awful. Yeah, the other Giants totals this year were sixteen, thirteen, nine, and nine. 
yeah. and then they go let up 34. So now I think a lot of that has to do with Devontae Freeman. They couldn't move the ball at all. And this dude, Devontae Freeman actually came in and, and did a good job at running back as far as just moving them down the field. I think that helped, but I agree with what you're saying. Right, right. All right, so tough news on deck, but, you know, got to move forward with it. We'll see if it does affect these dudes. Yeah, like I don't think like Lamb or Cooper, I'm not really moving down. Maybe Gallup a little bit if he was kind of on your like flex, like playing him here week to week and stuff. You might want to take a wait and see approach, see if he's still getting those targets, but we'll see. I think so. No, I agree with what you're saying, but he could key on. I think he could key in on any of them. Mm-hmm. I think he could key in on Amari. I think he could key in on Gallup and, and CD. Uh, I think Schultz is sort of out of the picture, and yeah, um, and I think that uh, obviously Ezekiel is still going to get his work. Um, yep. But sort of moving on just a little bit, so I know that we're talking about the injury. We also want to move on in regards to a firing. Now, us being Lions fan, it's not who we were hoping for, and, and, yeah. uh, and Matt Patricia. But no, Atlanta. I mean, they're being a step ahead of the game. They're very upset as they should be. They're supposed to be a good offense. And talking about surprises of the season, I would say the Atlanta Falcons is a surprise of the season, not necessarily due to the offense, but just the uh, win-loss record. But Dan Quinn firing, um, and now Raheem Morris is taking over as the interim. What, what's your thoughts as far as what's going to happen? Do you think they're going to stay pretty similar to how they've been, or do you see an upgrade or downgrade in any area? Uh, yeah, I think it's just status quo. Nothing's changing. I mean, it was the you said that Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, is taking over. So Dirk Cutter, the OC, he's still going to be there. He's still calling the plays. Uh, Dan Quinn was a, a defensive background coach, so he came from being a defensive coordinator in Seattle. So I don't know mu- how much say he had in the offense. I mean, obviously you have a little bit being head coach, but Dirk Cutter's still there calling the plays. So I think the offense is going to be the same. Defense, you know, maybe this is the kick in the butt that the defense needed, you know. You guys are playing so bad that you got your coach fired, basically. So maybe it's the kick that they need to get going. I mean, starting 0-5, it's not great. It's not looking good i don't know i just don't i don't think anything's gonna change this year definitely the future might change with that offense you know we've always had matt ryan there but maybe this is their time to move on from him and just start looking to the future with depends on the new head coach they bring in yeah and and i think it's just a good opportunity for raheem morris in the first place um one being that their offense is super potent i know matt ryan struggled the past couple games but todd Gurley at running back seems to be get, gathering some steam Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley has been like wide receiver, top three wide receivers in the league. Oh, and getting Julio back. Yeah. Oh, man. He's been like, he was number one for a while and then struggled one game. And then what had like 130 plus yards last game. But then Julio obviously hurt a little bit. But when he comes back, I mean, their offense has a lot of fire, firepower. It's just, dude, that defense is unbelievably bad. I, I don't understand how players get so wide open against them. It's like, dudes are wide open where Brendan Learman could make a pass to him <laughs> and out of the shotgun. It's like, what is going on here? I really don't understand um, how the defense – and I understand a lot of injuries. I get that. But NFL players, I don't care if you're a backup or even the third string, you got to come in you got to be able to be a little more competitive than what their defense has shown. I'm with you. It's just – and it's been like that for the last two, three years. It feels like Dan Quinn was on the hot seat for at least three years or something, like ever since that Super Bowl loss. It just seems mm-hmm. like they've been waiting. You know, everybody's been talking about this is the week, this is the year, and then they finally did it this year. And what about that Super Bowl loss that sort of goes into how their season's been where they mm-hmm. are up huge at halftime and just some crazy stuff happens towards the end of the game to, to lose. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow, yeah, I forgot about that. What, is that the – 
that's the Super Bowl where the where uh, lights went out. That was uh, was uh, the Ravens Forty ers Okay, okay. This was the the Patriots twenty eight three comeback. Twenty eight to three at halftime. My gosh. Mm-hmm. And Edelman made that little crazy catch. He kept the ball off the turf somehow. My gosh. Yeah, they're zero and five. I mean, I just appreciate an owner that's willing to. I mean, it sucks being in professional sport, but yeah, you're zero and five. You, you got to keep it moving. I mean, we're Detroit Lions. We're one and three, and we gen awful. We need to let we need to let something go. We need to figure something out here. Well, yeah. Moving forward to another guy that might be in jeopardy of losing his job i don't know how severe it will be punishment wise but melvin gordon catching a dui on tuesday night what a dumbo just a dump like uber lyft like have a freaking driver have a chauffeur or something dude you make millions like just being a dummy uh just had not right like just screwing over your team basically like you're gonna get suspended at some point that's the the cba with the nfl it's usually like a two or three week suspension um, Broncos are still undecided if he's going to get more punishment from the team or if they'll just take that NFL punishment. It's going to be a little bit until we hear, though. I don't think it's going to be an immediate thing because he still has to go through all the courts and stuff and then see like if he pleads guilty or not guilty or like all that stuff. So we won't know exactly when he's going to be suspended. It might not even come this year. You know, it might everything might get pushed back and it comes next year or something. But it's just something, yeah. something to keep an eye on. You know, I've seen Philip Lindsay on a couple waiver wires in some leagues. So definitely want to check out if he's out there because Melgo misses for any reasons maybe just uh you know they suspend him for a game or a game check or something then Lindsay's gonna see a lot of the snap share in that week yeah I, I hear what you're saying and I think if Philip Lindsay because boy, he was injured for a couple of weeks I guess mm-hmm. I could see somebody wavering him because like oh, I need to win and maybe it's a short bench or something and you just can't necessarily have injured players so yeah if he's there definitely scoop him up but first and foremost drinking and driving is so just not humane in the first one. I know it's sometimes difficult. You get you get to drinking a little bit and you think you're fine, but and drinking is fine in general. Like I have no issues with professional sports players going out and having a yeah. beer too. Yeah, live your life. But at the end of the day, he's making millions and dude. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it's not okay for any any norm for you or I to go drinking and driving. Like that's not okay for anybody. And for somebody with his amount of money, where he could just throw thousands at anything. It just totally doesn't make any sense. And we've talked about this plenty of times. It's like, what are you doing where you mm-hmm. can't get an Uber or a chauffeur or just your buddy to come with you and just stay sober? Well, you know, you have a couple couple beers, just a bad public image look as it should be. And then on top of that, I heard he was speeding 25 plus miles over the speed limit. It's Reckless. like, come on, man. And he's creating some noise because he's all pissed because he doesn't have a bye week because he had to practice four days and then he didn't get the necessary time. He's just a bad look in general. And I think Melgo, from what I hear, is a good guy previous to this. But, I mean, I'm not a big fan of drinking and driving in the first place. And I don't know, man, it's it's tough to – I think he sort of got to suspend him, especially if you're Denver. I think he sort of got to suspend him. Yeah, you got to make some type of statement and be like, you know, he's fine. Or if he's, just, he's sitting out first quarter, first half, the whole game. You got to do something. You just got to lay the law somehow. You can't just let dudes start getting away with stuff like this. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But if he does play, I guarantee he's going to probably be playing well because he needs to make oh, up yeah. a little face. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah. If he... Tough matchup against the Patriots this week. So we'll see if he's. Oh, man. And he has. And, and now they're talking about him getting pissed. I mean, he rightfully is pissed because now they got Cam Newton and uh, Stephen Gilmore back. Stephen, right? Stephen Gilmore? Stephen? Stephon, I think is maybe how you say it. Yeah, but. I apologize. Stephon Gilmore got them both back now. So, yeah, definitely going to make the, the challenge a little more tough. 
Nope, nope. Um, on more more positive note, though, we had a, a rookie show out last week on the Steelers, and Chase Claypool broke out for seven catches, 110 yards, three touchdowns, also added a rushing touchdown in there. What you think? Is Claypool for real? Is he a flash in the pan? Is he, like, what you think about Claypool? No, he's not a flash in the pan. I think he's a legit player. Now, obviously, he's a rookie, so there's going to be some growing pains there. And uh, Deontay Johnson going down immediately increased his snap share. But he's a good player. I mean, he's long. He's strong. Um, but I want to go out there and say that he's going to be a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two moving forward. Now, he's going to have these potential games. This is probably going to be his highest scoring game of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, so – so if I had him, I'd probably try to deal him. And if somebody's like wide receiver depth isn't that good, I would try to sell high. But Big Ben is spreading the ball around. Claypool was the recipient this past week. But, I mean, if you look at his touchdowns, he had an end-around handoff that was pretty wide open. It was a good play call on, like, the two-yard line. Then they did, like, a quad stack um, wide out, and they did a little screen again at the two-yard line, and he ran it in. Then they stuck a middle a linebacker on him, and he just ran a seam straight up the middle and blew by the linebacker, and Big Ben found him. But I will say his first TD reception was impressive. He had like a little post across the middle and uh, juked out the safety. So that was that was impressive. And I think he's good, don't get me wrong, but I don't think uh, – I mean, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is wide receiver one over there, and when Deontay Johnson's healthy, he's wide receiver two. And if people start keying on Claypool, James Washington will come do things. And, mm-hmm. shoot, let's not forget about James Conner in the backfield. Oh, yeah, they got, they got a lot of weapons over in Pittsburgh. I mean, For sure. Like you said, Johnson got hurt early on. Uh, it was a back injury, I believe, so we'll see if he's back this week. But, yeah, Claypool was 6'4", 230, and he ran a 4'4", 40. So he's yeah. got the speed, he's got the size to be a top receiver. But For like sure. You, like you said, being the rookie going just up and down games, uh, it would be hard to count on him every week going forward, but I think you're going to see more of these these big weeks. where he, I mean, week two he caught a, like a 70 or 80-yard touchdown. So we've already seen a big week out of him. It's just, it's just a matter if he's going to get the snaps and the consistent targets going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he's in space, he's tough because, like you said, mm-hmm. he's long, super long. He's strong, and he just is so fast. So, I mean, his first touchdown, he made a safety look silly trying to tackle him, and he's got the speed. I just – Big Ben's checking down a lot, and yeah. I don't know. He's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, he's very good. I, I, don't, I wouldn't go out and trade for him personally, though. Right, right. Yeah, I think the Steelers are just – a smart team in general, smart coaching where they see if a if a player is feeling it that day, you know, he's like he's balling out like Claypool was. They're just mm-hmm. gonna feed him the rock. They're just gonna keep mm-hmm. let him do his thing. And that's what they did. And they got the W out of it. So it paid off. Yeah, it was smart. It was very smart. And he I mean he was balling out. If you had him in the lineup or picked him in DFS, good for oh, you. Yeah, DFS was a juicer last week for Claypool. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right, man. Well uh let's get into some trade talk. Yeah. What? Uh, so we're going to do some little buy low, sell highs. You know, the name of the game in fantasy. You want to get these do the cheap, sell them while they're up. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with some buy lows. You got, a, you got a buy low out there for this week? It's buy low. Okay, so if I'm talking about a buy low, I am probably looking over there at the, one of the most potent offices, offenses on with the Seattle Seahawks, and I'm probably trying to target Tyler Lockett. Now, DK Metcalf is a baller. I mean, Russ Wilson just referenced him. He's sort of like Jerry Rice. So, <laughs> I get it. DK Metcalf is is probably the better receiver over there. But Tyler Lockett and Russell have great chemistry. We've seen that throughout the years. And when Russell scrambles, him and Tyler Lockett just figure out a way to find each other. He's had a couple 
of mediocre games these past two games. Didn't catch a touchdown. Not sure exactly of his receiving yards, but mediocre in comparison to what he can do moving forward. I know I threw on a couple of offers trying to trying to do like a, you know, a running back two or three, running back two probably for Tyler Lockett. I still think he's a wide receiver one, and I think their offense is going to be extremely potent moving forward. I like that call. I like the Lockett. He came off those three big weeks, especially that week three. We had three touchdowns. And the yeah. last two weeks have been uh, two for 39 and four for 44. Exactly, under 50 yards. So, mm-hmm. And then this week he's on the buy. And, you know, it's always – that's kind of always a, a main thing of buy low is you buy these dudes on a buy sometimes because the owner's like, well, I can't even use this guy this week, so I might as well trade him for some dudes I get and stuff. So uh, I think that's a good call with Tyler Lockett. I think he's definitely a buy low. And just being that bye week this week, you know, if you get him, you're obviously going to sit him this week. But you get him for the rest of the season after that. You don't have to worry about these these crazy uh, COVID changing buys and whatnot. Like maybe your dude's a week 10 bye, now he's a week six. Or, so yeah. Being that yeah. he's already had his bye, you're not going to have to worry about that. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that, I mean, I think that he's going to be a wide receiver 12 or inside of that. So I think that he will be, quote unquote, you know, a wide receiver one in regards to how fantasy world works. I think he will be within the top 12 wide receivers this year. Oh, I'm with that. I think he's definitely a wide receiver one. And if not a wide receiver one, a very high end wide receiver two. I'm with yeah, you with, with, a, with a huge wide receiver two upside, as we've already seen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Talking about buy low, who who are you trying to target? Uh, so I got another receiver here. As a matter of fact, it's on the in our league, it's the same team as Tyler Lockett, but I'm going with uh, Scary Terry McLaurin. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me what you think. Um, so I don't know like how low he is right now because he's had a good season up until last week. He only had three for 26 against the Rams. Yeah. Uh, but the Rams are the number one defense against receivers, and they got Jalen Ramsey. So obviously, he's oh yeah. Up. Um, I think with that, the quarterback thing going on there you might be able to slide in and get Terry here I don't think going from Haskins to Kyle Allen is an upgrade downgrade I think it's a pretty much flat difference there's nothing really going on there and then if for some reason they do go to Alex Smith full-time I think that could be a little bit of upgrade I don't we don't know how Alex Smith is going to deal with things moving forward with the all the surgeries he's had but he can still throw the rock uh, I just mm-hmm. think now is be an okay time. He's got a couple good matchups, plays the Giants and the Cowboys the next two weeks. And he's got his bye week and then three more good matchups with the Giants again, Lions and the Bengals. So he's got some good matchups coming up. Uh, this might be the last time you're able to buy low on Terry here. Yeah, that's a good point. Obviously, rest of the season schedule is extremely important. I mean, you don't want to go against those teams that have to play Pittsburgh twice or Baltimore twice or, or teams, Rams twice, things like that. I guess I just have a little more questions. And I know that Terry's a monster, and I think that his skills are impeccable. I think that he is a can have a wide receiver. He has wide receiver one talent. And my personal opinion, I think Kyle Allen is actually an upgrade because, as we saw last year, he targeted DJ Moore just consistently, and I could see him doing that. With Terry, I think that uh, Alex Smith might be tough because Alex Smith, now he's a great quarterback, but as we saw last week, and he was probably a little nervous, obviously, which makes a lot of sense. Good for him coming back. That was great to see. And um, But he was doing a lot of dump down checkoffs, things like that. So we'll see. But, no, I agree with you. I think Terry's a very good candidate, and I think if uh, if him and Kyle Allen – I think they could have develop a great chemistry, and that Washington offense is not bad. Antonio Gibson can move the ball, mm-hmm. um, and Terry's obviously very good. Logan Thomas has shown some flash, so and uh, Kyle Allen actually got some feet. Now that's how he got hurt. It was 
you know, trying to rush the ball and getting yeah. smashed. But uh, no, we'll see. I think that's a good. I think that's a good buy low candidate right now. It just depends on what you're trying to give up. You're thinking like uh, like a uh, running back two or something like that. Yeah, I think you you're gonna have to pay up a little more for for Terry just because I mean he only had that one bad game, and it's kind of just playing into that QB thing going on where it's like maybe the guy doesn't like that they're switching quarterbacks. He doesn't like mm-hmm. that it could be a different quarterback every week type of thing. So. It's trying to take advantage of the situation there, but you definitely have to pay a little bit more for him. It's not going to be like you can just throw like a um, I don't know, like a Chase Edmonds or something, just like you know a number two running back at him. Like yeah, you have, to, you have to give up a starting player for him, but I think it'd be worth it in the end. Maybe like uh, Devin Singletary. That'd be a good one. Yeah, because yeah. once Moss comes back, if he comes, I mean the dude's been practicing in full, but they keep ruling him out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Like Or like Ronald Jones, maybe. Like, if you got a running back that potentially is going to have um, some competition moving forward, mm-hmm. hmm, that's, that's a good idea. We might be talking about Ronald Jones here in a second. We'll find out. Oh, so he's saying you want to sell high on Ronnie Jones. Hey, we're going to find out. Spoilers. Okay, okay. So, yeah, moving moving forward, did you have any other buy low candidates at the moment? Uh, yeah, I got uh, this one's just kind of a I don't know if it's a personal one. It seems like everybody else is going the other way, but uh, Zach Ertz. Okay, interesting. Talk to me. Yeah, so it's it's I think it's a personal thing whether you believe he's a buy low or he's just done. He's over the hill. You know, he's turned thirty. He's just not the same player. Uh, so it's going to come down to your your personal outlook on him. But me personally, I'm not ready to count him out quite yet. I think mm-hmm. all the attention is on him with no receivers in there. I know it's been that way the last couple of years. They always get hurt out there in Philly at the receivers, but they've always said Dallas Goddard there too. And they're able to use the two tight end sets and take some mm-hmm. of that pressure over the middle off of Ertz. But Goddard being hurt as well, they don't have that second tight end to use as much. So I think once Philly gets healthier here, you know, Jeffrey's supposed to be back in a couple of weeks here. We'll see. Same with Deshaun Jackson. He was practicing a little bit. Uh, the, that new guy, Travis Fulgham, he balled out last week. So maybe they oh, – man. Get some cornerback attention over there. Uh, Goddard should be back in a few weeks from that ankle. Jalen Rager coming back later in the year. So I think once these dudes get healthy, and it's a big if they get healthy, I think Ertz can get back to his ways of just peppering those targets over the middle. Mm-hmm. Is, is Juju a potential buy-low candidate, do you think? Uh, I can see Juju being that just because of the Claypool big game last week. Yeah, huge game. But he, I mean, his first three weeks of the season were pretty good. So mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to uh, start to manage that, being that he had three good games, went on that bye week, unexpected bye week, and then came back and just watched Claypool ball out. So you could throw some out there, but I have a feeling, me as a personal, I'm a Juju owner in a couple of leagues, and that's just my feeling that I think I, I think he's going to be good moving forward. I wouldn't consider selling him right now because if you're selling Juju, you're selling him too low, in my opinion. Yeah, because he has the potential wide receiver too with a lot of upside there. I agree with mm-hmm. what you're saying. I'm just trying to, I'm just looking through the list of guys as we're talking and trying to figure out who else would, could potentially be the mm-hmm. buy low guys. I mean, I think David Montgomery might be another good one. He had a good week this past week, but he got a nice little schedule moving forward. And he does. And he just, he got uh, lucky Bell wasn't going to Chicago. I think he was. Chicago was the number one betting favorite to land Le'Veon Bell. Mm. So he lucked out okay. getting Bell there. He's getting a lot more passing work now with Tariq Cohen going to IR. So Montgomery a bunch. is definitely a, he's his arrows pointing up. We'll see. I would say so. I mean, he still looks kind of mediocre running back in the league, but I mean, it's about volume in fantasy. You get in that volume, you're gonna put up points. 
Yeah, he does a lot of jukes and doesn't get much, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I agree. I think the passing work is really what's selling me right now. Is they're yeah. sticking with him and they like him, and I mean he gets a lot of targets, so that's gonna especially half PPR PPR leagues. I think think he's a good guy to try to target at the moment. Yeah, he had a bunch of bunch of targets. I think with like six or seven targets or catches oh, last week. I think it was a bunch of them, and it was it's smart. I mean, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. His hands aren't bad. They're not like Ronald Jones' hands where he's, like, throwing it to the ground. But yeah. he just, like you said, he'll catch it, and he's making two to three jukes and really not doing much. He, he needs to, like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think I think the volume, though, like you said, I think his volume is, is what's going to – is the selling point. Yeah, the, the first three weeks of the season, he was at 45, 53, 56% snap share. And then the last two weeks, he's been at 86 and 80. So he's almost mm-hmm. doubling, doubling his snaps with Cohen out. I mean, they're trying to throw Cordell Patterson in there a little bit, try to give him a breather, but it's the Montgomery show over there in Chicago. Yeah, and I think Cordell's actually all right, but we'll see if they incorporate him a little more. He looked more explosive this past game than he has in the past. But, I mean, he, he's he's known to be that explosive player. He returns to, what, kicks and punts and um, plays wide receiver typically. So, you know, he's got some some explosiveness to him. Yeah, I think Cordell's he's got a lot of uh, top end, like straight line speed. So I think that it fits well with being a punt returner, and kick returner. But being in the the back, if you don't have that first hole that you can just hit real hard, I think that's where he's just he's not that running back that you want because he's not he hasn't played running back that much. So I just, I think it's hard for him to create his own space and create his own holes. He just he needs that big hole to run through. Is Josh Jacobs a potential buy low, or he's probably highly touted just because uh, you know he's done well and he still gets a lot of volume. Yeah, I think he's he's up there as well. You're gonna pay normal price for him, and he just had a yeah. what one or two touchdown game as well. Oh, he did have two touchdowns. So what was it this past week? Or yeah, it was this past week? Yep. Yeah, yeah, two touchdowns. You're right. Yep. Yep. So yeah, you're gonna have to pay up if you want him. You're right. Good point. Good point. Good point. Okay. Well, we talked about uh, buying low. Who are you trying to potentially sell high? Uh, yeah, it's like you mentioned, Ronald Jones. Yeah, exactly. I think so. Ronnie for Tyler Lockett. Hey, if you can get it done, get it done. I mean, this dude, last two weeks have been no Leo Fournette. And he's been balling out. Don't get me wrong. He's you know, he's running two games over 100 yards. He's got 14 targets in both those games. He's caught uh, nine of those targets. But he just doesn't look comfortable making those catches sometimes. He just makes it look a lot harder than it is to catch football out of the backfield. Well, and you make a good point. He's catching it, but then he's not like – he's not good at – getting out of the catch real well like he catches it and then he gets tackled real easily where if he was more comfortable he'd like flow with the pass or evade a, a few tacklers where you know most a lot of running backs they they're able to catch it and evade a, a tackle or two mm-hmm. where he's so focused on just making sure he, he corrals the football that that you know um he doesn't do that great in the passing work but he, you're right he, he has been catching the ball better yeah, you know, he's he's definitely improved from his previous seasons and his passing game work. He he can actually catch it now, but like you say, he just can't make that first guy miss when he's out in space. He just he has to concentrate so hard on catching the ball that he just can't think about that next move or Exactly. That awareness isn't there. Exactly. And he's just playing, I mean, sixty four percent, seventy percent of snaps the last two weeks without Fournette. Um before that, you know, it was in the thirties and forties. He wasn't he wasn't seeing that full time work. And mm-hmm. Last time we saw Fournette when he was healthy in week two, he Fournette out 
rushed Ronald Jones. So, I mean, Fournette was available last week in an emergency situation. He dressed at least. So, that to me, that sounds like he's probably going to play this week. So, we'll see if they can get back, if they, you know, go back to the one-two punch or if Jones has earned that job. I just don't think – I don't think you sign a guy like Leo Fournette just to have him on the bench. I think they're going to use him like they were. So, I think now's the time to sell Ronald Jones if you can't. Yeah, I think that's smart. And Leo actually looked pretty explosive when he was playing. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, you uh, you got anybody you selling high over there? Yeah. So if I'm a Todd Gurley owner, I'm probably trying to sell him now. Now you're saying, well, Todd Gurley, you know, he bought and he looked looked pretty good last week, and I think that's the main reason why I'm trying to sell him. Uh, doesn't get the highest snap share. What this past week he was at 55 percent, um, mm-hmm. and he sort of doesn't look as elusive now. Granted, last week he he looked impressive. I, I saw a few of the highlights, and he was getting by people and, and looking to old Todd Gurley self. But if I'm a Todd Gurley owner, I'm probably trying to combo him with somebody to go for a top tier running back. That's my personal opinion. Now, if you want to hold on to Gurley, I wouldn't blame you either because he's definitely the workhorse in regards to rushing the ball, but doesn't get too many passing down work. Um, so if you could combo him to get like an Aaron Jones or maybe even combo him with a, another decent player to get like an Alvin Kamara, I think you're you're winning the game right there. Yeah, I you know I've I've heard this around the industry a little bit this week is selling high on Todd Gurley and I mean if you if you want to sell him now's the time coming off a 120 yard game with the touchdown actually caught four passes this week uh, tied his season total in his uh, first four games he had four combined catches. Oh, so you think there's some optimism surrounding him a little bit? You th- do you think that you would hold on to him? What would you do if you had Todd Gurley? Uh, yeah, I mean a couple leagues I have him, I'm holding on to him. I, I believe. Okay. I mean, I'm, you know, it's a big Todd Gurley guy over here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe in the talent. I mean, his snap share has been the same. It's been consistent. And he's that goal line back. And the way – I mean, Atlanta scores points, regardless of whatever they've been doing defensively and whatnot. Their offense, they still put up points. He's still the goal line back. Now, if he's your RB1 and you don't really have another RB or something and you want to maybe upgrade that RB1 or see if you can get two running backs out of it, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with selling him if you're getting a good thing. But I just I don't think he's going away is my thing. I think he's he's here to stay. He's going to score touchdowns. He's on pace to you know get double digit touchdowns again, and that's that's what he's always been. Last year, had 12. The year before, 17, 13. These just rushing touchdowns. So we'll see. We'll see if he gets more involved in the passing game. I mean, last week was against Carolina as well. We know their defense has been destroyed by running backs all year, unless your name's Kenyon Drake. <laughs> so. he's a he's a guy to buy low right now if you have faith in him as well oh yeah we know you like Kenyon joe we'll see i mean you just you keep holding on to him for some reason i got chase edmonds i'm trying to do a chase for Kenyon straight up. hey come on now we're still getting the carries out here but yeah i feel you i mean drake's been a little disappointed so far from i mean i drafted him what 13th pick first pick of the second round yeah drafted him high in a few leagues and he's just he's getting that rushing work he's just not getting the passing work they're giving that to chase a little bit i guess my my thoughts is if i could if i could combo like a todd Gurley and then a darius slayton and uh and in return get an aaron jones I, i'd be all over oh, that yeah, I think. yeah 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 i think with when you're if you're gonna sell Gurley, i think you definitely sell up like you're you're selling to get a better player a more more consistent maybe is what you want to go for someone that's I think just fall a, out yeah, ball out and just a better talent overall. Like we've seen Gurley and his, you know, he's had arthritic knees and sometimes he doesn't look not again. He has those weeks and he gets the goal line touches. So mm-hmm. he's got a good floor to him. I just don't think he's a top tier. He's always going to be a, a running back too. 
uh, in my opinion, where you could potentially, I think you could potentially get, I mean, somebody really nice um, up there. And it, def- it depends on the leagues as well. You know, if you're in a PPR, or half PPR, I think Gurley's that's more, a big thing. more of a sell candidate. But if you're still in a standard league, then I think Gurley's a hold in those because he's, you know, touchdowns are key in standard leagues from running back. More like a Derrick Henry or something. Yeah, if you, I think if you could try to sell him high, I would, if I had Gurley, I'd probably be trying to sell him high. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm with you. If you can upgrade for sure, I'm always worth an upgrade. But I'm not selling Gurley just to sell him because he had a big game. I think the, mm. his his games are still going to be here. I think he's still going to score a touchdown. He's going to get the carries. So if it was like a Todd Gurley for we already talked about Jonathan Taylor, you you'd want to hold on to Gurley. I would personally would keep Gurley over Taylor right now. Sheesh, interesting. Okay, Bird, yeah. that's good insight. That's good insight for the people. Uh, I know it's it, it might be a personal bias thing. I don't know, but I, I've I've seen it from Gurley. I know he can do it. I haven't seen it from Jonathan Taylor yet. I saw it okay. in college, but I haven't seen it at the NFL level. Gurley or Connor? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Okay. They're very close. Um, I think I don't know. I kind of trust Gurley a little more for some reason. Jeez, yeah, you're you're high on him. I like uh, it. I think Connor is just he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's a great running back, especially when he's out there. But it's a if he's out there thing to me. All right, and I know your boy. Last last one before we move on a little bit. Gurley or Miles Sanders? Oh, Miles Sanders for sure. Oh my God! See, you just have your guys that you like. I get it. I, I get it. He's the. I mean, when um. Doug Peterson this week was asked about signing Le'Veon Bell. And Doug Peterson came back and he said, we're good. I think we found our three down back in Miles. So for yeah, them to say yeah. they're they're straight on uh, Le'Veon Bell and that they found their three down back in Miles Sanders, he's been getting all the work. He's been getting most of the carries, most of the receptions. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sell high. I'd, I'd sell Gurley for Sanders all day long. I'd sell him for oh, Connor yeah. probably too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it definitely comes down to a personal thing when, you, when you're going straight running back for running back. But, yeah. Uh, I, hey, if you want to sell Gurley, sell Gurley. I hear you. I hear you. Also, another sell high that in my thought process now, I don't know how well it would work, but if I had Alexander Madison in a, in a league, now obviously he's going to ball out this week. But mm-hmm. So he has this week, and then he has a bye, and then Dalvin Cook's coming back to the show. If you could try to get a season-long player, I'd probably try to move him. Now, if you need, if you need a, a win this week, he's going to put up big numbers this week. But outside of that, I, if you can move him for a season-long value, I'd probably try to do that also. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Being, I mean, he's playing Atlanta this week, so. Oh, he's going to ball. Yeah, Devin Cook and Zimmer are kind of leaving the door open for Cook to play, but I don't. I think that's just gamesmanship. They just don't want to rule him out yet. So Madison's going to ball out. But yeah, like you said, bye week, and then Cook's probably back. And then you're just sitting with Madison on your bench the rest of the time, hoping Cook gets hurt again. And then if Cook gets hurt, you got to hope that Madison's still healthy as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm finding whoever has Dalvin Cook, and I'm probably mm-hmm. trying to find somebody that I think is decent on his team and or her team, and then uh, going from there. So if, the, if if anyone in your league doesn't have Madison to the as their handcuff to Cook, target the, find that team mm-hmm. and target a player that you like. If you could get like a Justin Jefferson, I, I think you're living. Yeah, some you know if. If let's say you're kind of in the top of your league, you like everyone needs a win every week. Like you want to win, but you know, let's say you're four and one, maybe three and two, and you're like your lineup's still okay, and you haven't had Madison this whole time. So maybe look at those guys down in the rankings that are one and four or two and three that need a win this week. See if you could trade Madison to them to try to get a season long guy. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, some guys that are hurting for a win, and who's on a bye week this week? I mean, shoot, it might be freaking what the uh, Kamara owner. I mean, he's probably up in the top of the rankings, but 
Yeah, the Saints got a bye. Well, the Saints, but then I'm saying the Atlanta and um, shit, Minnesota Vikings, huh? They might get COVID out. Oh, yeah, because we had Atlanta's uh, had some positive tests this week. Right, yeah, they play each other this week, so that could get COVID out, yeah. I mean, then you don't even have Madison at all, so he's going to only be good this week unless Dalvin gets hurt moving forward. Mm-hmm. Cook manager's got to be scrambling a little bit, trying to find – somebody and you make a good point if somebody's at the bottom of the league who maybe just came up against some bad luck target either a cook owner who doesn't have him as a handcuff obviously or or a bottom tier team that needs a win unless you unless you need a win this week right that's the thing you know it's it all comes down to where you are and stuff in your rankings but um anyone else you're trying to sell high on no those are the two that i had what, what who do you have over there uh i had another running back here in daryl henderson from the Rams. oh okay uh, he had two TDs last week. I mean, it's always nice to to sell a guy off a multi-TD game. And then we got Cam Akers coming back. I mean, Cam Akers actually outrushed him last week on six less carries. Akers went for 61 yards, and Henderson only went for 38 yards on his 15 carries. Mm-hmm. So, he, I mean, he scored a rushing and receiving touchdown, put up good numbers three of the last four weeks. I know week four against the Giants was a dud, but the other three weeks he's been looking good, but he's – he hasn't surpassed 50% snap share this whole time. Yeah, he, he doesn't get that many snaps, and they rotate a lot of those backs out there. And, you know, Sean McVay is just a unique coach in where he's he's scheming to make some, some unique hitters happen. So I agree. I mean, you never know if it's going to be him. So if you got him, who are you trying to sell him for? Uh, I'm selling him for someone that's going to be more consistent. I think he's more of a package type of guy. Like you're going to have okay. to package I like that. with someone. I don't think you're I like gonna, that. You could possibly get someone straight up for him. But I foresee him being like maybe throw like a Daryl Henderson and Justin Jefferson for Tyler Lockett, something like that. Oh, like, you okay. Know, I like where, that. Where you can upgrade somebody here. But yeah, I just don't – I don't think he's going to be a consistent throughout the year unless Akers or Brown get hurt again. But I think this is just going to be a three-man backfield all season. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I think I think you make a lot of good points. I think Daryl Henderson actually looks the most explosive, but they're really sticking to Cam Akers, and they, they like Cam Akers over there. And you just never know with Sean McVay, man. They might – run it with golf they might do an end around with robert woods they Mm -hmm. could do a lot of different things at the goal line so it's just tough to tell no i think that's smart i think you get a guy who is more of a snap share who's more of a goal line back and you know is a little more solidified or or a wide receiver who's out there all the time that gets a lot of targets i think i think you make a lot of good points that's a good person and then if you combo him up with another decent player to try to to do a two-for-one deal i think that's smart yeah yeah that was all the sell highs i had you didn't have any more or anything I mean, no, not really. I guess now that I'm I'm looking at some guys, not too many sell highs. I like to look at the top of the tier. No, those are the only two that come to mind. All right, we got one more thing to get through here, and we got to get our starts and sits of the week, our champs and chumps. Uh-oh. Um, so the chumps obviously out, so we got Joey stepping in for him on the sits yep. this week. Yep. So let me hear your first sit of the week here, Joe. All righty, so – now I know this man has been balling and he's in in the MVP talks. He's going against a super tough defense in Tampa Bay. If I'm you, I am sitting Aaron Rodgers this week. I know he has Devontae Adams coming back. I know that they just came off a of bye week and uh, they're probably well rested as well as prepared. I just know that Tampa Bay defense is fierce. They provide a lot of pressure onto the quarterback. Their defensive front is very stout. Their secondary is equally as good. Not okay, I shouldn't say equally. They're not as good, but they're they're good enough. Um, now we saw Justin Herbert obviously tear him up a little bit, but 
Justin Herbert is a scrambler. Justin Herbert runs and makes throws on the run where Aaron Rodgers is elusive, but he's smart about it. He's a little older. He's not going to get hit like that. He's been hurt trying to scramble and trying to run. So he understands that. I see a lot of pressure getting placed on Aaron Rodgers, and I just see a, a little bit of a dud. Now, if you got Matthew Stafford, I'm probably starting Matthew Stafford over Aaron Rodgers. What about this? This is just me being me, but I, so I got Aaron Rodgers in our league. I, I also know. have Brian Tannehill and Cam Newton. Oh, Ryan Tannehill has been balling. I'm starting Cam Newton. Okay, okay. I'm starting Cam Newton if I have those three. Aaron Rodgers has got a very tough matchup. Cam Newton is coming off COVID, but you still imagine that doesn't stop him too much against a Denver defense. Um, I just like his rushing floor a lot. He just runs the ball all the time. He could rush for a couple touchdowns, which is always nice. And then you mentioned um, your last one was uh, – who again? I apologize. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, man, you got a tough one. Home against Houston. You got a tough one because Houston secondary has been giving up a lot. The only issue is I just get nervous with a Ryan Tannehill. He obviously exploded this past week, but Derrick Henry's the man over there. The, the, any given game, they could give him the ball literally 30 times, where then Ryan Tannehill's a little out there. I think your floor is much safer with Cam Newton. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be under 20 fantasy points. Uh, in respect to most leagues, and uh, I would start Cam Newton. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's yeah. the the first sit of the week from Joey P. Yeah. You want to hear the second one, or, or you want to go? I'll hit you with my start, and then we can come back to you for that sit. Yep. So um, I like it. So I'm gonna go a little bit down the list here. Uh, it's gonna be the Monday night game. Christian Kurt, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. You say he's gonna be a star? You a say he's start. gonna be a champion? A chump or a champ? A champ. He's a star. He's gonna this be a week. champ. Okay, I like uh, it. And I'm stretching down the list here. We got to... a little bit. Yeah. Hey, look. I mean, he went five of seventy-eight on seven targets last week. So nothing to write home about. But they get to play the Cowboys this week. And you know what we talked about earlier? The Giants didn't score at all all year, and then scored thirty-four points against these or the Cowboys defense. Yep. Always allow, they've already allowed five wide receivers to hit 100 yards this season. They're allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, we know D-Hop's going to get his. That's not a question. Yeah. Well, I think there's still room for Kirk. I mean, this is his third game back after he missed week three. So, I should be back fully healthy. And, yeah, I just think Arizona is going to just score a lot of points against this Cowboys team, especially just being down, losing your starting quarterback. I don't know if, that, if maybe that will turn it around the other way where they'll start to play a little harder. But, yeah, I think Chris Kirk's going to have a week. Good. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's an interesting, yeah, I mean, a good flex. I know you're probably debating and you, depending on how many flex positions you have in your league, but I, I hear what you're saying. Tough, tough calls a lot of time, and sometimes you want to go with those guys who have the potential to show out or have a higher ceiling, I should say. Yeah, I think he's got – I mean, if he gets in the end zone, I think definitely double-digit fantasy point week, but I think he can get there without getting in the end zone just the way this Dallas defense is playing right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like where I like where your head's at. Give these people something they need to hear as far as the flex positions. Oh yeah. But uh so who are you sitting over there? The second chump of the week. So we talked about A Rod. Now that's a that's a tough one. I know that he's been balling. This one is another flex position, probably comparable to Christian Kirk. So if you're debating between Christian Kirk or Debo Samuel, we, we're telling you right now to go with Christian Kirk. Now, Debo Samuel's been coming off an injury. We know he's very talented. I mean very strong, runs hard, makes people miss. Now he's going against the L.A. Rams. Jalen Ramsey's obviously out there. They got Aaron Donald. Now they struggled last week also, so I could see them bouncing back a little bit, but there's a lot of 
quarterback questions and concerns. I feel I foresee Kyle Shanahan getting back to the ground game, ground and pound. Now Debo had, does get some end rounds or some rushes, so I can see them trying to incorporate him in that aspect. And maybe if he can get a, a long rush, I see that. But with all these quarterback struggles, Jimmy G struggling, uh, C.J. Beathard struggling, even though he's my Iowa guy, <laughs> um, and, and Nick Mullins, I mean, I, I foresee a very tough sledding day for Debo Samuel. If you got Christian Kirk or Debo Samuel, Chase Claypool or Debo Samuel, I am not utilizing Debo Samuel this week. I feel that, yeah. I'm staying away from anybody, any receivers going against the Rams this year, I mean, right now at least, the way that their defense is playing. Uh, they're just yeah. not letting. They're not letting anybody score. I mean, they got one 100-yard receiver against them. And that was Cole Beasley. So that's you know that's just like a random thing happening. They're just playing really well defense against the pass over there in Los Angeles. So I'm with you on that. So you're just saying in general, most receivers going against LA Rams is probably a sit moving forward. Yeah, I mean, unless you know the top guys, you, you know, you like the the D Hop or you know the Lockets, Mike Evans, stuff like. Obviously, you're gonna play them against them. Mm-hmm. Just the studs that you want to get out there. But, yeah, guys like this that are on the fringe in Debo or, like, even if, like, you know, if Kirk was playing against the Rams, you, I mean, you're not starting Kirk against the Rams. So Correct. Yeah, these guys on the edge, I'm with you. You stay away from them. We're starting Kirk over Debo. Yes, I would do that this week for sure. For sure. Who's the, who's the second champ of the week? The second champ of the week is going to be Miles Gaskin. Interesting. Running back on the Dolphins. Going against the Jets. Yes, playing the Jets, the mess that they are, allowing the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, it's crazy how Dan Quinn and Bill O'Brien got fired before Adam Gase, who's still employed somehow. But, uh, yeah, like you said earlier, beginning of the show here, Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch. They finally moved Miles Gaskin to that goal line back, and he converted on his goal line carry last week for a touchdown. That's what was kind of holding him back. I feel like he was getting the, the work in between the 20s. He was getting the passing down work. Uh, he's averaging over four catches a game this year. So he's definitely been getting the work, just not around the goal line until last week he got it. So I think the arrow's pointing up for Miles Gaskin here. Matt Breida comes in, a little change of pace here and there, but this is Gaskin's backfield right now. And he's been playing well. And you can get the Jets, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I don't know why I'm saying this, but this is actually my upset of the week, surprisingly. Oh, Jets over the Dolphins? Yeah, I don't know why. I just have a gut feeling that I have the Jets letting go of Le'Veon Bell. Now, I don't know how that affects the team, but I just foresee a low shooting game. I see Joe Flacco controlling the offense, trying to have a lot of time of possession. I could see, and I referenced this earlier, Fitzmagic can turn to Fitz tragic real, <laughs> real quickly. Yep. I could see a couple interceptions. Well, the next thing you know, it's just a low-scoring affair. And Joe Flacco, I mean, he, he's, he has accolades to his name. He knows what he's doing out there, and I could see him controlling. This is actually my upset of the week. Now, I agree. I like Miles Gaskin a lot. He might even be somebody that you're looking to trade for um, as far as a, a buy-low candidate. But, I, no, I, I, I agree. I think, I think the Dolphins are on a heater right now, and they're favored by roughly 10 points. So, Vegas would, would be in agreement with you. But I just have this weird gut feeling uh New York Jets coming coming out with a dub this week somehow. Hey, the Dolphin or the Jets can win as long as Gaskin balls out. That's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, you're not hurting the fantasy matters. Yeah, wins and yeah. losses have no effect on the fantasy no, team. No. 
But yeah, I agree. It could happen, you know. It could definitely happen. It could, I don't know. Uh, if, if a team's gonna go zero and sixteen, it might be the Jets. But this could be the week they get that that dub out there. Yeah, people knew Adam Gase was crazy when he first got hired, and he was doing that wide eye, like what's oh, going yeah. on move. Yeah, everybody knew he was crazy. Then, and if I want to throw in one more chump of the week, your boy, and he's been sort of chumpy. He's been sort of a chump the entire season. But Mark Ingram. Oh, Sorry, yeah. he's going to be another chump this week. And uh, you've probably sat him. You've been frustrated with him all week. you got to continue to sit him. You do. I mean, you can't you can't trust any of those running backs out there in Baltimore at this point. Without an injury, even an injury might not even get him going because they got Justice Hill. Who's, I don't know if he's been out there, but I think he's been a healthy scratch some weeks. Mm-hmm. So even He if, has been. Yeah, even if you know Dobbins, Ingram, or Edwards goes down, I think they bring Hill up and they use Hill in that third running back spot. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm sitting all the Baltimore running backs every week. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough over there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I appreciate you coming on, filling in for the chump here this week, Joe. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it's good to have you. Good to get a you know some fresh voice on the pod. Maybe we'll bring you back here in the future. Hey, there we go. Yeah, have some uh, some interaction with some other folks that are in the Sunday Funday League. No, I appreciate you you getting me on, and hopefully, I provide some inf- insight for the people, and and hopefully, I can get some people to recommend and have me come back. I'd love it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate you. Uh, we hope to have the chump back next week. We'll see. You know, he's living his life, doing his thing as a father out here. So he's going to do his thing, patient with him. But appreciate you, Joey. So uh, we'll catch you guys next week. My guy, God bless. All right, we out.